Good afternoon, everybody uneducated economist here. So I know I talk a lot about Cantillon's essay on economic theory and pretty much how this Cantillon effect is playing out and how like these governments are really trying to prevent it from taking place. And really, when you think about like Cantillon's essay, or at least the Cantillon effect, and you see what China is doing and you look at what the United States is going through, it just it really leads me to believe that the powers that be are really trying to prevent what they know is going to be an inevitable outcome. Now, again, like if you're not familiar with Cantillon's essay or you're not familiar with the Cantillon effect, the Cantillon effect is when new money comes into the system and what happens when that new money comes into the system. Now, Cantillon, he described it with like a silver mine. Because you got to think, this was written back in the 1700s. So, so he was using like a silver mine coming into like a new area. So like this country has like all of a sudden found this huge supply of silver that they are now mining and using inside of their system. Right? So it starts to find its way through all the goods and services throughout the economy. So the pe people who have first access to this money, they really get to enjoy the the benefit of being the person who gets first access to it because the prices don't inflate until that money actually starts entering the system and then everybody starts chasing this money so as this new money is flowing into the system the people who have first access to it they're loving it they're they're mining they got the people who are working for them the people who are just right there who are the first ones to receive it from them like all the people who are building them houses and making their clothes and all that other stuff. And then by the time it gets to the very end of the line, those people are suffering big time because their wages haven't gone up, but everything else is starting to increase as far as the prices go, because now all these people are now competing for these, for these items. Well, what ends up happening is that the people don't like that. They don't want to spend their money on higher price goods. So they start seeking out foreign competition to compete with the domestic manufacturing. And this is where the problem really starts to begin. Because once that competition starts to increase as the new money is continually rolling in, what will happen is it'll drive out the domestic manufacturing until eventually all the domestic manufacturing has left and the inhabitants are just the people who have first access to it, the people who are the importers of those foreign goods, and the people at the very bottom, which are poverty stricken, you know, homeless, the people who can't get out of the area. So once the new money turns off, like the mine runs out of silver, everybody falls into poverty because there's no manufacturing taking place. So this is the real problem with the Cantillon effect. Like this is what Cantillon has, you know, talked about, has been a cycle many times. I mean, he gives examples of this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now what we think about what's going on here in the United States, they severed the supply chain. They said, cut that off, right? And we don't want a bunch of stuff coming in from China. And so what that did 
is it really created a ripple effect right here in the United States as the supply of goods wasn't coming in, the just-in-time delivery mentality really took a, took a hit, right? People were like, okay, we can't do this anymore. We have to have more of a domestic supply. So what ends up happening? We have domestic manufacturers wanting to ramp up production here again in the United States so that they would be closer to home. So they don't have to rely on the just-in-time delivery or the supply chain being just-in-time delivery getting severed again like it did. So now the domestic manufacturing is starting to ramp up because of this mentality. Over in China, what's happening? We have this COVID policy that just doesn't make sense. Like they are the last country in the entire world who hasn't just completely given up on the whole like restrictions and, you know, mandates and all the other stuff. But yet here COVID zero policies still exist in China. And think about what that's done. It's depleted their manufacturing. Their manufacturing has slowed down dramatically. So now I think about the Cantillon effect and what has taken place here in the United States and what's taken place in China and how these governments are purposely doing what they are doing in order to try and combat this Cantillon effect from continuing on, which it won't work. I mean, it's like, I mean, it'll slow it down. It'll buy them some time. But I think eventually what will end up happening is, is that the Cantillon effect will continue on where the domestic manufacturing will not be able to compete with the foreign competition unless you have like massive tariffs or, you know, subsidies or something like that. There's no way that the domestic manufacturing here in the United States will be able to compete with the foreign competition. So bringing home domestic manufacturing might buy the time, but it's, it's not going to be everlasting. And now over in China, their manufacturing has slowed down dramatically, which is keeping the new money from coming in because that's really where the new money is coming from for China. And that's the same thing for the United States. I guess I should have included that. Like instead of having a silver mine, what the United States had was a manufacturing powerhouse. I should go back and give you guys that one. <clears throat> But the United States had a domestic domestic manufacturing powerhouse where they were producing more, selling more to the rest of the world, and then lending more to the rest of the world. Now we are a consumer of the world's products, and we borrow more than anybody in the history of the world. So now what we have going on here in the United States is the new money is coming in from the debt issuance that we are doing. Not necessarily, not, it's like we do have a manufacturing that's happening, but really the new money comes in from all the debt issuance that we are doing. And then the commerce happens from all the spending that we're doing on the foreign goods. So the United States, in order to continue on and not fall into poverty, because once the new money turns off, it's over, we have to be in this ever-increasing debt cycle where it continues to expand. And anytime we have a contraction is when the pain is felt, and that's them trying to buy time to keep the system from completely collapsing on itself. So that's really what's going on, is that they are slowing the economy down to prevent that new money from continuing to pour into the system to keep that whole economic cycle from continuing on. Now, over in China, the same thing. They're trying to keep the manufacturing from taking place in order to keep that new money from coming in from all that manufacturing that they're doing, much like the United States had back in like the 60s. You see what's going on here? It's like a coordinated effort between the two. That's why there's so many people keep calling it a pandemic because why else would they be doing it this way? Right? 
I mean, yeah, there's the, the excuses that you can use, like, you know, the, you know, being more in a defensive position so you're not reliant on, you know, other countries. I mean, those are great excuses, but when you think about it and it comes to efficiency, that's really where it's going to take over, right? That's where, like, when the foreign competition is cheaper than what you can produce, then it goes to the foreign competition. That's just how it ends up going. And I also have to think, like, what it's going to do to inflation because when you slow things down and you stop producing, well, then you're going to restrict the, the supply that's out there. Once the demand picks up, the available supply just won't be there. The real shortages will kick in and the inflation will be dramatic because the inflation that we had experienced up until this point had come from a severing of the supply chain where the, the stuff just simply couldn't get through the system. Yeah, there was a lot of money printer go burr, but really it was the unavailable inventory that was the real problem. And I was able to, you know, point that out in lumber. And lumber was a great indicator of what I felt was going to take place throughout the rest of the economy. And we are starting to see that, where there is an oversupply of things like TVs and stuff that nobody really wants. And I've been calling this out for a while. TVs and furniture and all that other stuff. I'm going to leave a link down in the description for a furniture company that just laid off people all of a sudden, out of, out of the blue, out of nowhere. This is the stories that are going to continue. Right? Food, energy... I mean, even though we saw a huge hit to to oil today, I think we saw natural gas jump up quite a bit, but oil took a hit today, but it, it isn't going to matter. It's going to still get expensive. It's going to get expensive to distribute, and it's going to get expensive to for the average person because even if the price goes down, the money that is going to be spent into other things, like food especially, is going to prevent them from being able to buy all the goods and services that they normally wanted out there that made this economy more like the powerhouse that it was, the, the imaginary powerhouse, because it was all built off of consumption and nothing off of production, or and less off of production, I should say. So now, the last thing I want to leave you with is this thought, is that when you have a production slowdown like we are going to experience, like what China is doing to themselves, right, with the zero COVID policy, when you reduce the production, I want to thank, uh, I'm sorry, I, I should have pulled the name off of the email. There was a gentleman who sent me a link to uh, Rights Law. Now, I want to leave you guys with that link, and I want you guys to think about this because think about the inflationary impact that Rights Law can have when you slow production down. Now, this is the way Rights Law goes. When you have production, say, for example, you have a thousand units and it costs you a hundred dollars to produce each unit. If the, the the way rights law is from what I understand it is that if you double production, the input cost going into it will drop twenty percent. So if you have a thousand units that you are producing at a hundred dollars a unit, if you produce two thousand units, the input cost should drop to eighty dollars. Right? And this kind of makes sense. The more you produce, the cheaper it gets to produce it. And that's like, you know, I mean, a lot of people know this, right? So, you know, the input cost going in as you double the the amount of production continues to drop by 20%. Now, think about it in the opposite direction. Okay. If you had a thousand that you went to 2000 and the production input cost dropped by 20%, if you went from 2000 
to a thousand because you're producing less, much like what's happening over in China, then the input cost goes back up to a hundred per unit, and that's a 25% increase. Think about it like that. If you lower the production, then you're going to increase an inflation of an inflation input cost that nobody is seeing or anticipating or can read. It's a very interesting thought. I just got that email like yesterday, so I'm still trying to process that kind of rights law into what we have going on in our in our scenario right now as the production is starting to slow down. I mean, obviously production in houses, production in everything, cars, all that stuff had slowed down dramatically. That means the input cost is going to rise dramatically. Uneducated economist. You guys let me know.